It's funny. I said click and then I clicked instead of saying click and clicking at the same time. I've never done that before. You're out of sync. I am. I think I'm sleepy. All right. We might, we might have to reset you. <laughs> so I was hoping I could come in today and be like, hey, guys, guess what? My kitchen's done. Oh, I saw nope. that. I saw. <laughs> I saw. Telling everybody, calm down. Uh, it's delayed again. It it got delayed again. It was supposed to be like two days ago. No, yesterday. And uh, that was like the third delay, I guess. I don't know. And the times before, they'd called us about a week before the installation date. And we're like, no, we still don't have material. Sorry, we can't do it. And then they called the day before this time. So I was, I had my hopes up, you know, because it had made it really close to the date. Oh, your countertops? No uh, countertops. Oh, they're, they're quartz? Yeah, they're quartz. And so they're not ready because they don't have materials? Does that mean they haven't even began yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're the... People who were actually doing them are waiting on a truck, waiting on just big slabs of this. You know, anybody that doesn't know quartz is a manufactured countertop product. It's like a crushed up quartz stuff in resin. And then they add, you know, like a design to it. So it kind of looks like stone, but it's not really stone. It looks so it's just like stone, though. And, and it's just to, as fragile, isn't it? Like you yeah. can't. It's it's not it's, you could like chip it and break it and stuff. So transportation of it and all is also yeah, just can. as dangerous as a big piece of granite. Sorry, I'm just. Uh, yeah. This is the first time I spoke today. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome yeah. to Earth, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. Went to sleep. Um, yeah. So anyway, they just they can't get the material, so they can't do the work, and it's about a four day. Once they get it, it's about four days to cut it and get it polished and all that stuff and. So it was the thing that was weird to me uh, or frustrating to me was that, you know, we've been working on this video about the next phase of the kitchen since the middle of April. Hmm. That's when we, we looked at the footage yesterday and that was when we started. And this was supposed to be the kind of the end of the video was, you know, like, look, it's the kitchen's pretty much done. And so I just had to figure out how to handle that and not put the video off anymore. Um, so yeah, I think it worked out and it kind of reinforces a point that I made in the video about timelines and stuff. So I think it'll work, but it's just still frustrating. I'm just, you know, yeah. we're five months in the kitchen renovation. I'm kind of over it. I'm ready to have a place to set stuff down because <laughs> like we just don't have a place to put anything. Do you have temporary countertops? No. See, when we read that my kitchen, my countertop is kind of small. It's like maybe eight feet in one direction and maybe 12 in the other. So it's just an L. And Taylor wanted white Carrera marble, which is expensive and also difficult to maintain. And at the time, we were airbnb the house a lot to other people. Well, I say that people often think that I airbnb my own house. We used to didn't live here, but we would Airbnb the house as income. And so I said, not until we live there will we put Carrera marble because it takes wine stains and stuff. And so I got <clears throat> a countertop from lumber liquidators and just a wooden hmm. and we could simply remove you know it's simple to remove it and swap it for marble or granite or soapstone <clears throat> and uh, now that we don't airbnb the house it's a conversation again to just swap it out instead of the hmm. uh, the granite i'm sorry instead of the uh, the oak tops from uh lumber liquidators and, and those those tops are great tops uh, you can i think did you say somebody tell me Home Depot sells similar tops like that? Yeah, they do now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, love us both. Yeah, both that's great. So I I love how you said uh, you have small countertops and they're eight foot one way and twelve foot the other way. Which we have half of that. We have a super tiny kitchen. <laughs> it's yeah. I'm probably exaggerating. It's probably like six and ten, but it's that you know, I would just have to cut one one sinkhole in that. You know, this is like a I don't have like a big island or anything, but anyway, any, I mean, I do, but it's a table. It's just a table on legs. Anyway, I should go back to sleep. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do think the, like, if you do need long, wide, like oak or, or walnut or maple, I think lumber liquidators is a good source for something like that. Cause mm. gluing up something like that yourself 
probably cost you just as it's much. It's funny. We just did a project on the show. Yeah. Uh, and if you go look at Pat Lapp's Instagram, Paul Jackman, they spun something on the lathe all glued up out of countertops from lumber liquidators that we needed a quick source of wood. And and those guys said, we'll just get those countertops because they're finished top and bottom. And all we need to do is chop them up and cut them up. We did a big project with segmented, segmented, uh, like, like the way you would make a segmented bowl, but it wasn't a bowl. <clears throat> and they bought, because you have TV money, they bought like maybe 12 or 13 of those countertops. I turned around one day and I was like, it's the fastest way to get like a, a hardwood. It was Jackman's idea. It's like, it's the fastest way to get a hardwood that like, that we don't have to process. And and we could buy three colors because they had the like maple and I forget the different species of wood, but there's three tones. And one of them obviously is maple and oak. And then the third one is more chocolatey brown. I don't know. It's not walnut, it's something else. But the combinations of all that put together looks really beautiful. I mean, that's an expensive way to buy wood, but it was pretty convenient for what we were doing. And it came, it came out beautiful. Yeah. And so all these segmented things they did, each one of the segments are segments. So when you round it, you get like all these weird shapes that aren't necessarily, that you can't necessarily predict of the laminates hmm. of wood put together. Yeah. And this is a butcher exactly. block. That, yeah. That's what yeah, yeah. you mean. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. Well, anyway, that was my, my woe about the kitchen. I just wanted to get that out of the way because it's frustrating. And now I'm done complaining about that. So what's been going on with you guys? <laughs> I've been what's sleeping, up? actually. Most recently, I've been yeah. sleeping. <laughs> Good. <laughs> no, I, I went to bed late last night. I'm, um, I promised the great guitar build-off gentleman that I would be ready to go. And, of course, the TV show came. And so many projects that I promised I just completely either forgot about or just said, Oh, I'll get to it. And then I just never got to it. And so when they announced that June 1st, everybody was going to be posting, I said, I said, sorry, I just can't do it. And they said, okay, cool. And then like maybe a day or two later, they said, a lot of people can't post. A lot of people got hung up. So we're moving the, the drop day to the 19th, which is this Saturday. And they said, do you think you can come up with something for that? And so I said, okay, I'll try. And so I've been going to the workshop every night after work. And we ended last night at 10 o'clock. And then I went and I worked till one o'clock in my shop. And uh, then I got here and I tried to sleep and then I just woke up and here I am. So I've been working on this guitar. It's not, it's not complicated. I'm doing a carving like I used to do. I'm, I'm, so funny, I'm using my chisels that I've talked about in the past that my dad got me when I was a little kid. And if you do a Google search with my name next to guitar, like a whole bunch of carved guitars show up and and not all of them are mine. Some some have been attributed to me that aren't mine. But uh, you'll see a lot of the guitars that I actually did. I used to carve guitars a lot and I haven't done it in so long. And so I figured, oh, let me try and do this. It's simple. It's not too complicated. And you know, it's uh, it's not burning a guitar like I did last time. The one thing that everybody hated about it. This is a little <laughs> bit more artful. And uh, I'm getting it back. I'm getting my groove back. So it's the type of thing. It's like it's like drawing a really detailed drawing. And, you know, nowadays you start drawing a detailed drawing and you're like, oh, let me jump to Fusion. Or you're drawing a detailed drawing and you go, oh, let me just go to Illustrator. This way I could draw straight lines. Or let me go to Procreate and then there's none of that. It's like so old school. I'm just sitting here like trying to find the shape in the, in the material. And I'm kind of getting a groove that I used to get. I remember you get that when you run, I haven't run in a long time, but Bob, you can attest to that when you run and run and run and you get to that point where it's just like, it's so easy. You get past all like the strenuous part and the psychology of it all. And then you yeah. just like, and last night I was carving for about an hour and a half, and I finally got to that point. And I kept saying, okay, I'm going to leave in a minute. And I just kept going, okay, I'm going to leave in a minute. And then all of a sudden, it was like another 45 minutes had passed. Um, but it's uh, it's it's difficult to, to get it back. I, I really haven't really carved. I'm trying to think. The last thing I really carved is a belt buckle video that I did where I carved like a skull and bones on a belt buckle, and then I cast it in, uh, in pewter. That was eight, nine years ago. 
So, and that was just a little thing. This is obviously a little bit bigger. I'm carving a human heart on the front of this guitar. Mm. So, it's hmm. uh, that's sweet. Just, just I try to pick something. I said, let me just pick something complicated and see if I can't do it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and it's hard. It's not. It's not easy. I'll show you guys quickly where it's at right now. And I still have a lot more to go. This is just me sketching it out. Can you see? I can't see my camera. I don't know if. It, it seems like carving would be one of oh, those yeah. things that. Oh man, yeah, awesome. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. Oh, thanks. I'm glad you reacted like that. I was gonna say it <laughs> seems like carving would be one of those things that if you didn't practice on at least kind of a regular basis, it would just be super hard to get back into. But obviously so that's you, you can, can see the context of the guitar. You're doing it. <laughs> it's a it's a what do you call that? Oh, yeah. An explorer shape. Explorer. Yeah, an explorer shape, and yeah. it's made out of sepale, uh, I believe. And so I just like I'm just drawing a human heart right like on the corner of it. I'm like in the big bow. And we'll see. We'll see if it's you know, it's just it's just like an artful statement. That's all it is. It's just like you gotta have heart. That's really the statement of it. And what are your what are your guitar playing abilities? Uh, not good. Not good. But you can play yeah, a little bit, right? I could play like walking blues and strum and you know, if somebody okay. teaches me something. I could play, but my, my pinky obviously is a little out of service, but I could play bar chords and, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I could, I could play. I mean, I just need to practice and I never, ever do at this point. Well, okay, I'm so, not going to go to like the big high school talent show. Hey, you never know. I mean, not with that attitude, you're not. Uh, well, okay. So if, if, uh, Jimmy with a guitar, Played a battle of the bands against Jimmy with the trumpet. <laughs> who would win? Mm. Would, the trumpet mm. would win, not because it was good, but because it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. High school talent show. You can win for being funny, whether you're good at something or not. My buddy Ryan, who's been staying with us, he's between apartments, so he stays here. And between, sometimes he stays here. And he is a trumpet player. And he said, because I, he, and yeah. he always knows that I want to play trumpet because every time I'm around him, I'm like, here, play something because he has his trumpet in his car. So he's like, I developed a, a little lesson plan for you. He goes, as soon as you have time, we'll sit down and I'll, I'll work you through some of the stuff that he learned when he was learning the trumpet. He goes, I, I wrote it all out for you. So awesome. it, it'll be easy for you to understand. Just some exercises. And I just have to pick it up. I've been so busy between carving That's and cool. making a TV show. <laughs> you're not busy stuff. come on man fit yeah. in the trumpet it's funny my uh, i played trumpet when i was growing up for i don't know sixth grade to 10th grade or something like that and i had a nice trumpet from playing and marching and all this stuff for a while and then when i was in college i'm pretty sure i sold the trumpet to buy a guitar or pedals or something i don't know but i don't have it anymore and my kids are now in, they're getting into band. And so they're like, my oldest plays baritone. Uh, my girl plays clarinet. And then my youngest is like, I want to play the trumpet because you played it and Uncle Bill played it and like trumpets are awesome and whatever. So I found in my parents' house, the my beginner trumpet, the one that had been passed down from like person to person. And it is in terrible shape. Like the the main tube from the mouthpiece is brazed back on because at some point it broke and somebody brazed it back on. It's in really bad shape. I didn't have a mouthpiece. And so he's not even anywhere close to being in band, but he's so excited about playing the trumpet, wanting to play it, that I ordered some mouthpieces. And the other day for the first time we sat down and I played the trumpet for the first time in 30 years or something. I don't remember the last time I played it. And uh, he absolutely loved it. Uh, so it would be really cool to get him those lessons and then you and he have like a Skype <laughs> concert or something. Oh my God, it would be horrible. Jimmy and an eight-year-old. You get my turkey goblin outside yeah. the window. Who played it better? <laughs> yeah, it would be horrible. But that would be the funny part. <clears throat> anyway, um, David, what have you been doing? What are you about to? So uh, the timing of things, did you watch Destin's video? Smarter Every Day's video on I, film. Yeah, I have. It's not funny. Yet. I like it. I, the fun, the funny thing is, I'm watching this and I'm just like, 
for me and probably both you guys, that seemed like a couple weeks ago when we used to shot film for the last time. And he's mm. talking about it in all <laughs> reality. It's been almost 20 years since film is kind of mostly out of commission. And he's talking, he's like, this is film. And, you know, but it's the way Dustin does everything, like, as if he's talking to an alien. And I'm just like, yeah, I know that's film. He's like, it's got, I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. I'm like, like <laughs> so many people. Don't talk down to me. <laughs> don't condescend me, man. But so many people have no idea that a 20 years old never even experienced what it is. So he, that's who he's talking to. I thought yeah. it was, I thought it was great. I'm just laughing, thinking to myself, like, how much the world has changed. Yeah. So I think uh, it was last week we talked about I was going to shoot a video on a film camera and then develop the film myself. And then like the next day his video comes out. I'm like, oh, man, it's too bad my video wasn't finished because the YouTube algorithm probably would have suggested my video. But um, Dustin's video is really good. It goes into a lot of detail on how film, both black and white color works. And they go to this film lab. When they develop his film, and um, when Dustin or Dustin loves something, it's super obvious. Like he he's just yeah. super excited, and so he just talks about why film photography is different than digital. And these are all things that I've never really thought about. But as he is saying them, I'm like, yes, yes, that I feel the same way. I've never said that, but that's that's exactly how I feel. So it got me even more excited to shoot some of this film. And it changed, it's actually changing the video that I'm doing. I, I think I told you I found this camera still in the package. It's like an instant Kodak film camera, and it comes with a roll of film. I found it at Goodwill. It's still in the package. And I was going to take it out, shoot some film, and then develop it myself. And uh, that would be the video. And he's at this film lab where they develop film. And I thought, Maybe for this video, I actually send my film to this lab. And then the next video where I do film, I, I'll show how I'll, I'll develop it. So because this film is 30 or 25 years old, and uh, there's probably a really good chance I would I would screw it up. So anyway, I, the timing of things, it was just a really cool video. That's not my pick of the week, but you should definitely go watch it because it's super cool. And Bob's face shows up in it for a brief second. <laughs> he he must have took a film photo of you at, at I some had to rewind twice to see if that yeah. was you. I'm like, that guy looks just like Bob. I'm like, wait, it is Bob. Did you know that Bob? <laughs> Your face is in there. Yeah, yeah. He sent me a message before asking if he could put it in there. Um they his family came up to visit uh middle of March or something. And our our families are friends and so the kids all play together and stuff. So they they were on a road trip and came through here and he took like a bunch of film while he, a bunch of film shots while he was here and they just look so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was interesting um, him talking about it in the video, which I haven't watched yet, but I've heard him talk about it in other places. And then seeing him here in a new place with that camera, he was being really picky about what he was taking pictures of. And he always had it next to him. And like, you know, we'd just be talking or, Everybody was sitting on the couch one morning and the sun was coming in in a certain way. And he was like, oh, wait, everybody stop. Everybody don't move. Don't move. <laughs> in the middle of a conversation. And he would hop up and like, this is the moment I have to get. And I think when he talks about film, you get that same kind of feeling. But it was interesting to see in person. So that's why I'm in it because they came to visit. Uh, and one of the things that he talks about in the video is you actually have to think about the shot because you only have 24 or, or 36 shots per roll so you really you have to choose when the best moment is going to be unlike now where you just you know hold down the button and let the camera take a 100 shots and you pick the best so uh it was really cool and it got me even more excited about film i've been collecting cameras for a long time most of them they're all above me most of them are not usable um but some of them are and i don't know it just got me super excited because of his excitement when I was into cool. cameras, I had uh, the Nikon F5, which is a very complicated, you know, rather very like, cutting-edge camera when I bought it 25 years ago. And then my buddy needed money, so I bought his Canon, uh, sorry, his Nikon F5. And then I bought, like, an F on eBay, I bought an F4, an F3, an F2. And I get into, like, the F-series of cameras, so I have almost all sequential F cameras from Nikon. I was really excited. I just recently found my F5 That's cool. in my apartment in the city. And so it's right here. 
It's right over there. Yeah. And I considered actually throwing a roll of film in it. You should. Oh, and we, um, at, briefly last week, we talked about uh, the process of pulling the silver out that would normally get washed down the drain. Yeah. Um, one of our listeners sent me an email and said he used to do it. His name is Michael Jones. The process is called electrolytic. Uh, maybe I'm saying that right. Uh, and it's pure silver, and it's and it's worth a lot. And uh, he used to, and he used to do it. So I don't. Know. Thank you, Michael, for clearing that up. Yeah, I had a few people reach out and uh, give that explanation. I think I might have got an email from him too, but it was really cool. Yeah. Um, have you been like building anything this week? Uh, this week, well, I'm making a mirror. Um, I, I built that, that entry cabinet for our house a few weeks ago, and then there's supposed to be a mirror above that. And so this mirror is, uh, kind of amoeba shaped where I'm just taking, it's like a big 28 by 28 mirror and I'm just taking a pencil and, and drawing a random shape and then drawing another random shape inside that. So it's, it's kind of all blah. And so that's, it's <laughs> <Cool>. a, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, um, it's a, like a clever glue up and a super simple project, but that's, that's my next video. Well, uh, let's see. I've been, I've been kind of all over the place. The countertop thing kind of messed up our, my flow a little bit because I had a, a plan as to what I was going to be working on and just had to switch gears as usual. But did I talk about last week how the Land Cruiser broke? How my car just like stopped? I think you did mention working. something about it. Oh, you said it was a series of a series of problems that started to. It was like a cavalcade of problems. You said, yeah, yeah. Uh, I went from not, a few weeks ago not knowing anything about cars and having a project car to now I have two project cars. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, I'm learning a lot about cars, which is cool. But I've one of the things that I've been spending a lot of time on in the last week or so is I had to get into the Land Cruiser to get the water pump was bad. And the water pump is behind and over other things. I also needed to swap the alternator. It's been dying for a long time. So I've spent time learning how to remove the radiator and the shroud and the fan and the water pump and the alternator. And to do that, you have to remove a few other things. And so it's been, I mean, it, it's unbolting stuff and putting new things on and bolting it back together in the reverse order. So it's not like complicated, but it's a different kind of work than I'm used to. You know, I'm just, that's not the type of thing that I typically have to think through the order of operations. And it's a different kind of dirt than I'm used to. And that actually handle that affects, I mean, Jimmy, you know this, like, the oil and grease on the inside of an engine compartment changes how you turn bolts and how you can handle things and how slippery yeah. things are. And surgery you know, if there's fluids involved, it's like a, the best thing is always yeah. a surgery so, goes and you work on that stuff. Cause you could answer your phone, you yank one off and say, hello. Otherwise you're like holding, you trying to turn your phone on with the tip of your nose. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I should definitely wear gloves. Yeah. No, gloves. it's because it's just makes anyways, because then you get the dirt from working on a car. Like, I have friends that work on cars and they don't they don't wear gloves and their hands look like the bottom of a car and they're like, "Man, eh, it's all right. I'll clean them one day." I'm like, eh, "That's okay." Yeah, I mean, I've scrubbed pretty hard on mine and they still are gray. Just you know, they just have like an overall tint to them. But it's been cool to get into something new and just. It kind of being out of my depth is kind of fun. And that's definitely a place where I, I don't know what I'm unbolting. And like, you know, I, I started cranking on these bolts and backing them out and then they started spinning and that just got me like, Oh no, like, you know, something stripped on the inside of the block or like, this is a big deal. Turned out it was a bolt that had threads on both ends and it was a post, I guess. And so it wasn't a bad thing, but I didn't even know that that was mm -hmm. yep. there. And so, it's been a lot of that type of stuff of just learning along the way. Everything's going good. I just got to get it back together. But not having a car is a real pain. Like, I've been lucky enough for us to have two vehicles through most of our marriage. So we're in like year 19 now. So you know, it's been a long time since I've not, since we've only had one car for the family. And the kids are doing all sorts of stuff. So the other car is occupied. It's taking people to camps and doing this and that. And 
So not having a car to use whenever I want to use it is a huge pain. And so I'm anxious to get this thing put back together. But I'm learning a lot. Um, I've started kind of working on the Gia a little bit. I'm trying to decide what to do as a stopgap before completely stripping it. Because mm-hmm. it's inevitable. Like, I'm going to have to pull the body off that thing, Ooh, take it down. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's inevitable. <laughs> I, I don't see any way around it. It's you know? funny. Was that car just but sitting in a lot I, or something? Because it's got, it's like, it's, it's like dirt everywhere. Like, it's just like abused and not neglected yeah. in every aspect. Usually you find a car that's been neglected or abused like in a lot and you get it and you realize like, Oh, wow. The floorboards are still good or it's still great up under the hood. You could see where the car was new, but this car just, it looks like somebody faked it for a prop and just made it look old, but everywhere, <laughs> like in every crevice, there's like, a, like it's made yeah. to look old and neglected. But as far as the shape goes, the shape is, you know, the shape of the body rather. It's, it's pretty good. And I know those cars aren't easy to find in good shape. Yeah. It, yeah. It's okay. I mean, there's, uh, there's a couple of spots that are not super obvious that it's rusted all the way through in places that are not typical. So that's kind of a pain because that'll be harder to fix. But, you know, there again, I'm learning about flanging tools to put flanges on pieces of sheet metal so that you can, like, patch things. I, that's something I didn't know existed, and now I have a new tool to buy. So there's a bunch of things that um, I'm figuring out. I'm just trying to decide, like, what do I do now and then what do I just, do I go ahead and take it apart and like not have a, you know, <laughs> I don't know. And then I started looking into the electric conversion because, and I had already looked into it before comments, but there were just so many comments about like, you should make it an EV. That'd be super cool. Yeah. It is stupid expensive, stupid expensive. Like I, I looked up uh, several different people who've done it. And several different companies who have kits and and stuff. And we're talking like the motor and the associated electronics. That kit is twice what I paid for the car. And that's with no batteries. And the batteries are the expensive part. So then you're talking another, you know, $18,000 of batteries or something like. Oh. Yeah, it is so expensive. So if anybody out there runs an EV company and you want to sponsor series of videos <laughs> let me know i i can't remember exactly but. who or i can't remember the circumstance but when i had that pickup truck I, this is going back to eight or nine years ago i had a pickup truck i took the bed off and i was going to turn the rest of the anyway somebody contacted me and said oh uh, you know i know or i'm part of an electric vehicle company would you consider and i said sure 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 absolutely i mean this is way before rich rebuilds and you know tesla's even before tesla's were like a common thing and uh Anyway, mm. they never followed through with me, and I never did do it. And that car would not have been a good candidate. It was too rusty. But I came to realize that later. But it's always a consideration yeah. to take a cool-looking car and turn it into an electric car. But if you guys don't know Rich Rebuilds, to the audience, he's an amazing channel where he he's like the leading uh, non-Tesla guy, non-corporate Tesla guy. He's like the leading private citizen that has the most information and parts related to Tesla. Yeah, he like gets wrecked ones yeah. and rebuilds, and then he and, and he's he's so knowledgeable about that that uh, electric vehicles. He could, he could turn any car into an electric vehicle. It's seemingly with ease. Like he's he's just he's so funny the way he's just so cavalier and easy. Where like it would be like a complicated, stressful mind situation if I had to do it. He's like, oh yeah, I did this and I put an engine in a Tesla, and he's just he's just so chill and casual about it. He's very funny. I just yeah. watched this latest video where he buys a car site on scene and it shows up at his house and he realizes all the mistakes that he overlooked when he decided to buy it. <laughs> oh, I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, when I got my blue truck from Minnesota and uh, as I bought it from uh, Derek at Vice Grip Garage and he said, he goes, this car needs a lot of work. He goes, but mechanically it's perfect. And then when the, the, the car showed up, and it was being rolled off of the car delivery truck. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I like it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, yeah it's really great. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. yeah, I was getting new tires on it. Yeah. You know, like my voice gets higher, which means I'm just trying to convince myself everything's okay. <laughs> and almost in a way to like punish myself for like 
pulling the trigger on something. That's why I did all that work on it. It was almost like I had to like make things mm. right in the universe so that I could be like, okay, that's behind me. Don't do that again. You know, like that's kind of like, yeah. like there, I fixed yeah. it. <laughs> you know, there. But that was like, you know, 700 hours later. And, but it was fun. I'm really happy that I did go through all that and do it because it reminds me, it puts things right. in perspective. The next time I'm looking at another project car and I'm like, okay, I could do that. You know, I, I put myself through that torture. I could do that again. I could do that again. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I would, I, there's part of me that thinks, oh, this could be like a, a, a new hobby. This could be a thing. I may really enjoy this and then want to do another car after this. And then there's, the realist in me that's like, I'm probably going to hate this about halfway through and then never going to want to touch a car again. <laughs> you know? The stressful, know. the stressful we'll part see. of working on a car is in depth as you know, what I did, which is not a big deal. And what you're about to do is that it sits around. And so the key is to be able to have it in a place where like, if you unscrew a screw and you put it down next to the car, you know that you can come back later and, you know, there'll be like a parts dish. As opposed to doing mm-hmm. it in a driveway where you got to put everything away every night, you got to kind of keep things organized. And I'm not saying be messy, but if you take the tires off the car, you can kind of tuck them underneath the car. And you know, it's also an unsightly thing. You don't want to do this in your driveway, and then your neighbors are like, "Oh, that looks good. When is that going to be done? When is the project going to be done?" <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> so if you have an enclosed place versus working on a gravel driveway or or concrete driveway. I mean, there was so many times when I was working on my car in my big black barn where I just like threw a moving blanket on the ground and got underneath it and just put on a, you know, a good podcast and just whatever I did, I had to like run a brake line or change the gas tank, you know, complicated stuff, which wouldn't have been nearly as, as easy going if I was doing it on the ground, you know, getting mud up my back and stuff like that. So it makes it a lot easier if you, if you're enclosed with a good floor. That is a concern right now because I don't have a place to put it. You know, I, I need to get it out to the farm because I, I can get it inside the kind of pole barn out there and I could probably work on it there and leave it in a state. You know, I could take things off and not worry about it getting all full of water. But I can't get it there because it it runs out of a plastic cup for gas, you know, like so I got to I got to do some stuff to it to be able to get it out there and it's only a few miles away it's not oh, a i see a deal, trailer but... in your future i see hmm. a yeah, trailer. But that's like an i thought about that but that's like another thing then i have to have a place to put the trailer you know mm, i see a moving trailer in another piece of property in the future <laughs> stop it yeah so that's where i'm at with cars i'm i'm dipping my toes in i'm really anxious to get going on them but i'm also trying to be realistic about you know when where how quickly I'm going to have to move on it or how long it's going to take. Or Right now, I just want to have something to be able to drive to the store. So trying to fix the cruiser. What, and what, what is the major problem with the cruiser? So the water pump just fell apart on the inside the impeller. I don't know. It's dead. And so that caused the coolant system to back up and it blew the hoses off of the radiator and when it blew the hose off the top of the radiator, it cracked the little spout that comes out that the hose attaches to. It was plastic. It's molded plastic. And it cracked that as the pressure built up there and popped the hose off. So I had to replace the water pump and the radiator. <sighs> and then it also has needed an alternator for a long time. I've had a rebuilt alternator sitting in the floorboard for about a year. The parts you showed were the ones that were about to be put in. The ones I showed were the ones that came oh, out. Oh, okay. Those were all the old ones. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So I'm at a point now where it's all back together except for the radiator, which should arrive today. And then I can put that in, hook everything back up, and then do some, like, you know, coolant flush, add some new fluids everywhere it needs. And theoretically, it should work. Or I'm going to completely kill my <laughs> vehicle, one or the other. <laughs> Love that feeling. So, yeah. it It's weird. Like, I... I'm not a terribly confident person in most things, but I'm not scared of stuff, right? Like I'm I'm happy to try something and and do a bad job at it to learn. That's okay. But I am like scared about ruining a car. Like if you build something from scratch in your shop and it, it, you drop it or you whatever, okay. 
but like this is a car <laughs> and if i if i like do something wrong and you know send a bolt through the wrong place and it messes this up and does that wrong, you know like then i'm out so i'm a little bit scared of that like legitimately scared of destroying something that is not fixable by me or too expensive to fix so my brother joey we'll always says just throw money at it and you'll fix it just throw money at it. That's what Joey said. <laughs> I'll call him. I'm like, what's up? He's like, yeah, I'm having a situation. I'm just going to throw money at it. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, if you have money to throw at it, sure. Nobody ever really does, but uh, that's what they do. So I have another thing. This is totally unrelated. Probably a terrible podcast because we're not really talking about making stuff. But um, I have had an issue with my debit card. So... And the reason I want to bring this up is because I learned something new about fraud that I did not know. So a few weeks back, I got a bunch of Uber transactions on one of my debit cards. And I've not used Uber in a very long time because I haven't traveled anywhere in a very long time. And so the bank caught those and reversed them and it was fine. And they destroyed my card, sent me a new one, and it took like a week to get here, which is a big pain because it's like I need it for business stuff. And I had to change all of the payment methods, you know, on all the websites that used it for subscriptions and stuff. And I noticed yesterday there were a whole bunch of new Uber transactions, like 40, several thousand dollars in Uber transactions that did not get caught from the last two weeks. On the new card, which I have not used most places. I mean, I've put it into a couple places online where I had to pay bills, but... I haven't gone places and used it, you know, like swiped. So it hasn't been compromised at at a physical thing, I don't think. So I called the bank, talking to them about this, and apparently this was the thing that I learned. Apparently, services like Uber and Netflix and recurring payment services or places that will save your information have some sort of a digital wallet system set up to where if you have a card on your account that goes bad, they have like a backdoor to get to the banks to like, oh, give us the new card information for this account so we can keep their account going. And so whoever was using my old card with Uber, what? when it got canceled, Uber just, and this is not a person doing this, like their system just automatically checks with the bank, looks for new card information, and then updates it. Which means that person who was using, creating fraud on my account had a new card number to use. Oh, did they get the? Were they able to get the information from their Uber account? They're researching it now, yeah. trying to get it. Yeah. But the way around it is that you have to do a, a full stop payment on whatever that company is that like they cannot charge anything to do with me anymore until I allow them to. So the update won't happen again. And then now the bank has to break the connection of digital wallet, and this is what they kept calling it, between my accounts and this company. Now, I'm not saying Uber is at fault. That's Don't hear me saying that. I'm saying that their system is there to make things easier, but in the case of fraud, it kind of backfires on you. So if you have uh, fraudulent charges through a recurring payment system like that, and he mentioned specifically Uber and Netflix and things like that, so if you have things like that and you see fraud, make sure that you follow through with your bank to make sure that that connection is broken, not just a card replace because the replacement didn't do anything. It just made it more inconvenient for me. So now they had to destroy this new card. They're sending me a new one and I have to go through the whole thing again. And I got my money back. Not the end of the world, but what a hassle. Yeah. So. I, I had a very similar thing with Discover Card where... I got an altogether new card. I canceled, got a new card, and then I was still getting charges from some, like some internet service. It might have even been IMDb, which I, at the time was a big deal. Now nobody cares about IMDb. And I'm like, why do I, like, why are they still, like, I go, the card is new. Like, why would they, they're like, oh, yeah, well, we have this thing where, like, you know, serve, it was very similar. I don't remember. It's been so long, but it was just like what you said. When you have a new card, the bank updates the client. I'm like, why would you do that? Like, that's, I don't ask for that. I yeah. don't want that to happen. So they kept charging my old card number. I'm like, the card is gone. They're like, well, yeah, well, we honor that because it's something that's been in the system. I'm like, well, at what point, you know, I have to go. Okay, I don't. I have so many things I don't even know. Like, like, that I, 
I'm bad when it comes to these, paying attention to these details, but when it pops up and I'm just like, like why am I getting charged? This card is supposed to not have anything on it. Now suddenly, you know, I have yeah. a few hundred dollars in charges for my professional IMDB account, which I don't care about. Yeah. Yep. IMDB is an so, old thing anyway. where you used to be able to kind of look up, you could still do it. You look up actors and people's, yeah, uh, people's resumes. So like, if you're going to work with a producer, you look up their name on IMDB and you see all the projects they've done. That's why I had it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, um, last month, a bunch of Adidas gift cards were bought with my debit card and I got a new card and luckily that, that stopped it, but that was alarming. And then my GoDaddy account was hacked where all of my domains were pointed to some sort of Salesforce website where they must've been <clears throat> collecting, uh, affiliate stuff on, on people signing up for Salesforce. So Dang. I, I, I didn't know what happened with the GoDaddy stuff. So all of a sudden my website is down and people are like, Hey, where's your website? Oh, that's a bummer. And I go to GoDaddy and I'm like, Oh, that's weird. The, um, the DNS has changed. And so I changed it back. And then a few days later, it all changed again. And I was like, oh, so, you know, contact GoDaddy. And they're like, somebody from Australia was using using your site. And so we, I've now have two-factor authentication. Is that is that what it's called? Yep. Yeah. So I changed all that. And then when you know, a few days later, I get a thing on my phone that says, are you trying to log into your account? <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, you... you you really have to be, you have to be careful. So I use yeah. I use my PayPal for just various, mostly shop related stuff. Any kind of like if I'm buying an antique tool or anything, it's always comes through my PayPal account. And uh, a couple of days ago, I was going to pay somebody through PayPal, and I happened to see like recent history, and it says I paid six hundred dollars for something, and I was like, wait, did I pay six hundred dollars for something? And I'm horrible because I never remember anything. I'm like do I have a reoccurring thing for $600 or like, did I okay something? And then the, the name of the thing, I Googled it and it turns out it's some internet, like uh, it's, it's like a, a Google ad service or something where you like buying like ad subscriptions. And I'm like, wait, this is like some deep web stuff. So I call my web guys and they're like, we don't even have access to that card. It's not us. I said, I know. I said, I know, you know, and I'm just double checking if, if, you know, you asked me to approve something, I didn't Long story short, I called up and I got my card canceled and replaced and they still haven't replaced. It hasn't come in the mail yet, um, which is a good thing because I have other ways of paying for things. And that impulse to constantly just keep throwing down my PayPal card <laughs> is, is like a little bit curtailed. <laughs> so I've been saving some money and uh, I just haven't taken the time to get on the phone and ask for my card. But uh, a funny thing happened to me a couple months ago. And it had to do with the great guitar build-off, just oddly enough. I got a DHL notification that said, we have this thing from uh, Crimson Guitars. It's It needs to, something like, I had to pay like 50 bucks for some uh, customs fees. And so click here and you could pay it and then we'll deliver it. And so I went to the thing and I started pay, filling it out. I got a phone call, I got interrupted and I never went back to it. And so I didn't finish it. So I wasn't getting the guitar, but I forgot and then within 20 hours, I got another thing. It's a da, 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 DHL. And so I clicked on it and I went through the process and I paid. And then the second I hit accept, I'm like, wait a minute, they wanted 50 bucks, not 10. What is this? Oh, wait, did I just click on something? So I went, I kind of got like a bait and switch. I wonder if like some system knew that I was already on DHL, so faked me. So I immediately jumped back into a, a phony DHL link and Taylor's like, you idiot, you just you just gave all your money away. So I'm like, wait, I'm like, wait, no, no, no. So I panicked and I clicked on the link again from the text message and it went to a completely different site. She's like, that's it, you've been hacked. So I immediately got on the phone with PayPal. And within like 10 minutes of me clicking that DHL link, that phony DHL link, I got charged 25 bucks. And that was to a dating service. And so we went to the website for the dating service and the dating service said, if you want to reef, the whole entire website just simply said, so-and-so dating service, if you're here because you want a refund, click this and it takes you down some other path where they probably steal your identity completely. Uh -huh. And so I got on the phone with PayPal and 
that was the first time they replaced my card. And then about a month later was when I got the $600 charge and then they haven't replaced the card yet. It just doesn't come in the mail. But the, the key thing here is that I was on a legit DHL account to pay for this customs charge, got interrupted. And then within a day, I got another link for a DHL account thinking it was the same, like, oh, this is that thing for the Crimson Guitars. I got to follow up on that. And then it was completely something nefarious. Hmm. So as, as keen as you think you are, a little stupid thing, like if I didn't get that first DHL thing that was legit, I would have seen this DHL thing and go, that's ridiculous. I don't know. This is stupid. But now my phone number, which has been my phone number since cars were attached, since cell phones were attached to cars, my, my cell phone goes that far back. Like it goes back 20 something years mm-hmm. when I remember there was a, a ruling where they said, you can keep your phone number and go from carrier to carrier. It used to be like if you left to yep. another carrier, you had to change your number. So anyway, that, that's how far back my phone number goes. But now I get, every day I get text messages from, hey, don't forget to finish filling out the paperwork. Just click here. Hey, it's Bill from DMV. Um, you, you, you're uh, entitled to a, to a refund. You know, it's every day I get like four of them. And there's no way to stop them. And I can just keep blocking those, but yeah. they just come from like, generated numbers and then you know when you get a you get a message from someone says it says might be bill smith you're like oh do i know a bill smith and you click on it's like hey don't forget to get your cash prize extended warranty is about to run out (laughs) no but it's all like these little tiny it's like hey you got to finish filling out that application which is kind of how it got me last time but because of dhl branding that's what got me hooked but it's like, hey, finish, finish your application. You're entitled to money. You know, all these, just, just like five words. These like yeah. these five, ten word sentences that click the link. And then all of a sudden you're, you get sucked in. And so this fishing expedition just will never, ever stop. Yeah, just, it's pretty it's bad. It's just a different digital uh, way to do it. It's just a different way to do it. Yeah, right. There's a bunch of different things out there right now. It, real quick, I uh, know we, we need to run, but... Um, a few years back, my dad had his card stolen at a Mexican restaurant here in town. And there's this thing called skimming where these people will take a, a little card reader. Now, this doesn't happen so much now with the chips, but when you could slide a card, that's how they did this. And so it was a small uh, strip reader that they could put in their palm of their hand or e- even mounted in like on their belt or something. And you could take a card and just run the card through and it would record all the information for that card. So uh, someone who is taking your card at the table to go pay for your food, the, the server, picks up the card from you on the way to the machine, swipes it, grabs the data, then charges it like normal, and they hold the data. And then a few days later, they can put that back onto a website or a card or whatever, and they use that to steal your card that's way, that way. And so this um, this skimming thing the physical device is small enough that you could have it in your hand or on your belt, but you could also mount some of them on top of the card reader at a gas station. So sometimes if you would go to slide your card at the pump, like in the physical thing in front of you, you're actually doing it in a fake one or a wraparound so that it's grabbing your information and charging you for the gas at the same time. This is like crazy stuff like that. So you just gotta be careful with your cards. Um, we uh we need to run because Jimmy has about ten minutes. We need to do an after show. Mm-hmm. So I want to thank our Patreon supporters real quick. Uh, lots of them over there, and we were grateful for all of them. We had a couple new ones this week, so thanks to to them for joining up. We saw you. Uh, big thanks to our top supporters: Corey Ward, Albert's Woodworks, Works by Solo, Chad from Mancrafting. You can make this too. Fun Kiss Artistic Creations, Blondie Hacks, Rich at Low and Designs, Corey from Makeshape Create, and Odin Leather Goods. Thank you to all of them, and thank you for them all sticking around for so long because yeah. I don't have to learn new names to say in that <laughs> list. I've like gotten pretty good at it now. So we appreciate the long-term support um, and everybody over there uh, at all the different levels. Everybody gets the after show, which is more of us talking and sometimes secret stuff and sometimes, but we're going to go do that now. And if you want to get that after show, you go to patreon.com slash making it. Mm. We would appreciate it mm. very much. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. You guys got anything to recommend? 
William Verbeek. What? what, what? William Verbeek. He shoots only film, and he shoots with disposable cameras, SLRs, medium format cameras, Polaroids. Um, his whole channel is all about shooting on film. It's really cool. Um, it's I, I don't know. It just it's so it just brings back childhood early adulthood memories, just watching somebody shoot all the stuff and, and develop the film. So mm-hmm. sticking with cool. the film photography thing. There you go. I'd say check out Rich Rebuilds if you don't already watch them. You learn a tremendous amount of elect- about electric cars. Cool. I've heard a lot about him, and I think I've seen one or two videos, but I don't watch them on a regular basis. But I have a feeling I'm going to be watching a lot more car videos. He's very funny. <laughs> too. He's, he's, he's got a very funny, uh, sarcastic, comedic conversation so he put a i had gas motor in a tesla he put a gas motor in a tesla yeah wow it's <laughs> great um i had tons of recommendations from uh you know the comments on the, the gear video and really good ones like there's a lot of great channels and actually a few people recommended stuff we've talked about here before which was cool to you know a lot of vice grip garage and um Ronald Finger, is that his name? The guy that did the Fiero I mentioned a long mm-hmm. time ago. Anyway, but one I had not heard of is a guy, his channel is called Musty One. Musty, I know Musty. And yeah, he's oh, he's okay. been yeah. here. I had never. He's been here. He came He came out to the cool. last year we did the go-kart thing, which we're going to do again. July 4th, we're going to do the go-kart thing. Mm-hmm. It's I haven't really pushed it because obviously I've been busy, but Musty came out to the go-kart thing last year and brought a trailer with like four crazy vehicles on it. And I'm sh- hopefully he'll come again. I got to text him, see if he's coming. Cool. Tell him I, I appreciate his videos because I've learned a lot already. Mm. He, he just get takes you know rusty stuff out of barns and tries to get it working, and has kind of a. Whereas I'm timid about car stuff at this point, you know, and I'm not sure exactly like how to approach that part. What what is the correct way? He just seems to jump in and know everything about everything, and just like, oh yeah, well we got to put some of this in here and spray this thing and loosen this and replace this, and look, it runs. Yeah, I'm like okay, <laughs> um, so that's pretty cool to see, but. Okay, you guys got anything else? <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll catch you next thank time. Thank you. Love you. Mm, good morning. <laughs>